Welcome to the latest episode of the X-Files Retrospective Podcast, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This time around, we are looking at the short story, Beast of Little Hill. This is the second short story in the Trust No One collection. This collection was released on July 26, 2015 by IDW Publishing. I picked up a digital copy on the Kindle. This story was written by Peter Kleins. I was unfamiliar with his work before. Apparently he's best known for the X-Heroes collection, which includes X-Heroes, X-Patriax, X-Communication, X-Purgatory, and now Exile, where, you know, you basically have superheroes in a zombie apocalypse. So, well, that does sound somewhat interesting. Uh, the book on his website that really caught my attention is Paradox Bound, which one of the reviewers described as National Treasure meets Doctor Who. So it's a time travel thriller, which is currently in paperback. So that's one that I would definitely be interested in checking out. And I say new. These episodes are being recorded very well in advance. In fact, this one is actually being recorded on New Year's Day 2021. Anyway. So The Beast of Little Hill is slotted currently at number 27 in the order. It's between Born Again and Roland. So Mulder and Scully are working a different case when Mulder brings Scully into a bit of a tourist trap town where there used to be a lot of investigation after what was possibly a UFO crash, but the investigation stopped around 1987. Keeping in mind, this story is set in 1994. And Mulder and Scully come to check it out. And what really catches Mulder's attention is that there are two different people who claim to have two different aliens frozen in their barns. And they are not even remotely similar. They compare it to Loch Ness, where everyone has the same sort of idea in all the gift shops. But these are completely different. One of them is some sort of hairless six-legged dog, and another one is a more traditional alien, which Scully examines and feels like it's made of plastic, so she's convinced it's a Halloween decoration. Rumor goes around town that the FBI was here to buy what they called the Beast, the six-legged dog, which leads to some rivalry, so Mulder and Scully are somewhat investigating they're going to be leaving shortly because they can't justify their presence here. But then they get called in and asked to participate a little more actively when uh, one of the owners gets killed, or not killed, but severely maimed when his six-legged dog was thawed out and released. The cord that powered the freezer was cut. It doesn't take much to get the owner of the other frozen alien to confess that if the FBI was in town to buy a creature, he wanted to make sure it was his. So yeah, he cut the power on it to shut it down, but he did not attack the man, and he's adamant that he did not attack the man, which is consistent with the forensic evidence saying that there was a significant time delay between the two attacks. And as things progress, Mulder and Scully end up fighting against whatever this creature is in the dark. It does get rounded up by animal control, 
who insist it's a wolf with a new strain of rabies, and they take it away to destroy it. So neither Mulder nor Scully get a clear look at it, although Mulder is fairly convinced he saw a six-legged dog with gray leathery skin. And it's actually the dog idea that Mulder has. You know, we have, as a human species, bred wolves into dogs, and we've had 10,000 years of selective breeding to create the animals that they call man's best friend. So he's thinking, they've gone with us everywhere. There's no place in the world you can go and not find people who don't have dogs. Why would other species be different? So he's thinking, maybe they look different because the alien brought a pet. And that's what was released. So this is one that actually works quite well for me. The characters are all clear. They are consistent. The characterization of Mulder and Scully is right in line with where they were at this point in the continuity of the series. The story arc does feel like an X-File, but not one that we've already seen before, so they are breaking new ground rather than treading on old territory. And you get a relatively satisfying conclusion. One thing I am noticing reading these is there's a lot of, you know, the mysterious government agents coming and cleaning things up which is an acceptable ending to an X-Files episode. Just as I'm reading these short stories, and I am reading them in a different order than I'm podcasting about them now, just to simplify things, I am finding that it's just happening in a higher proportion than it did on the show. So it feels a little bit odd when you're reading it in a short story collection, but that's something that is not on the individual authors because they wouldn't necessarily know what the other people are writing. That should be the editor reaching out saying, hey, a large percentage of you have chosen this ending, and working as a group to help brainstorm to find different endings for these people. But in any event, that's everything that I have to say about Beast of Little Hill. Next up, we are going to be looking at Non Gratum Anus Rodentum by Brian Keane. It is the sixth short story in the X-Files Trust No One collection that was released in July of 2015. So please join us again in two weeks' time, and meanwhile, thank you for listening.